we've come off of Christmas. Uh, I know many of you were here on, on Tuesday or on Monday evening at the Christmas Eve services and just what a, a special time of worship that was. And I know if you're like, like me or like uh, Tate was on Thursday morning when he asked me, is it, Dad, is it, is it Saturday or Sunday? I said, no, it's Thursday. We're still a couple of days away. So you may not know exactly uh, what day of the week it is. It's okay if you've worn pajamas uh, all day, every day this week. That's fine. We'll, we won't judge you uh, unless you've worn the same pair of pajamas all day, every day this week. Then we most certainly will judge you. Uh, but thank you for, for being here today. Uh, we look forward to, to, to spending some time together in God's Word this morning as we look back a little bit on, on 2018. Uh, but I, hopefully you'll join me and go ahead and looking forward a little bit uh, to 2019 and what is in store uh, this year for us. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started today on, on behalf of the, the finance committee and the finance team here at the church. We do want to let you know that, that the office is going to be open tomorrow. If you've got one of those end-of-year gifts that you'd like to drop by, we'd certainly appreciate that. You've been, been so generous as a church family this year to both the budget giving uh, as well as the designated giving and the different offerings that we've had uh, for missions and other things throughout the year. So just want to say thank you uh, for that. And also, if you've got something that you're dropping in the mail, it's got to be postmarked. Uh, not our rules, but the IRS's rules uh, by the midnight on the 31st. And then also our online giving is still available through fbcconroe.org. And so there's just a little note on that, little housekeeping. The office will be closed on Tuesday, January the 1st. Uh, so we, like the rest of you, will sleep in that morning and probably watch too much football or whatever else it is that we do uh, on New Year's Day. For me, it's football, so I don't know anything else differently on New Year's Day to do. Uh, the second thing I want to do before we jump into God's Word together is, is just share a little bit about some things that have happened uh, that you, the church, have done uh, in 2018 in missions. Uh, one of the things that I get to do here is, is spend some time with our missions committee each month, planning for, uh, looking ahead to, looking back on our different partnerships with, with local uh, mission agencies, with uh, international mission partners that we've got through the different Southern Baptist organizations, the International Mission Board, the North American Mission Board, and different local projects that we've done, and wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a, a background on some things that we did this year. And so uh, back, I believe it was the end of the school year, beginning of the summer, we had the Shoes for Orphan Souls uh, shoes and socks dryer that then those get boxed up through Buckner organization, go all around the world. The children in, in need of shoes and socks, and they use those as opportunities to open doors to share the gospel, uh, bring kids to Christ, and also disciple them. And so you as a church family gave 413 pairs of shoes and 357 pairs of socks. Uh, some of you may have got some socks for Christmas that you don't want, so hold on to those. And then when that time comes again in May and June, bring those to the church and we'll, we'll do those because they take new shoes and new socks and take them around the world for that. Uh, we did two different food drives, over 2,000 pounds of food uh, this year, including most recently in the fall drive, we did over 1,300 pounds of food that we take over to First Presbyterian Church and their uh, food pantry over there. And they're able to service 300 families living in 77301, 02, uh, 03, 04, and 06 zip codes right in here in the immediate Conroe area. So that went to families directly in this area. Uh, 70, 70 people were sent uh, through the, the resources of the church and then their own personal resources on uh, several different mission trips throughout the course of this year. Uh, one in New Orleans, one in Costa Rica, one in Vancouver. And then by my count, around 75 people completed uh, all four steps of the missional pathway, the Awaken and Activate workshops, as well as the Assess and Advance workshops. There were more than that individually that did at least one 
two or three, but that's how many completed all four of those as we looked at the vision for equipping one another. Uh, one of the things that you helped support was four lunches um, at Baptist Student Ministry, one each semester at Sam Houston State University, about a couple hundred students at each of those, and then about 35 to 45 students at the two we did at Lone Star College down on 242 in the partnership that we have there with Tamara Brooks and her team. So Baptist Student Ministries on the campuses of Sam Houston and Lone Star College, Montgomery. So we are excited to continue to support those ministries. Uh, we did some Christmas child boxes. We celebrated Christmas in July. You remember the red and green boxes, some were stacked uh, out in the atrium and others were available in your life groups. And I think by the total count, we had a couple of different, we had individuals bringing them in, a couple of different life groups, did some big packing parties and used some money we raised. And I think it was close to, if not over, 500 individual boxes were packed and those will go through the Samaritan's Purse based out of North Carolina overseas to children in different areas as a way to share the gospel and get the message of Jesus to those children. And then there was another um, several hundred dollars that y'all donated specifically to that just to make a donation to Samaritan's Purse. And then we have continued progress with, with our partners, uh, the Harringtons. I think maybe you heard from them last Sunday at the offertory prayer time. They're international missionaries to Costa Rica and then the Fleetwoods and their, their move from Peru to Colombia and beginning that partnership with them there. And there'll be a, a preview trip for that here in a few months and, and seeing what it is uh, that First Baptist Conroe can do to help their team uh, reach uh, the unreached uh, with the gospel in Colombia as well. And so all that to say on behalf of the church staff, on behalf of the missions committee, I see Robin Rickwalt here, she was chairperson of that committee this year and did a great job leading us in our missions endeavors. Uh, we support numerous missionaries directly um, and numerous ministries directly just out of your gifts, out of your tithes and offerings and your time and your talent that you have to go and serve uh, alongside these different organizations and individuals. So I just want to say thank you for that. Uh, that's something to celebrate on this last Sunday uh, of 2018, among many other things. As Christian said, uh, with two baptisms today, we've had numerous baptisms this year, and we look forward to even more next year, where every Sunday we're having to, to let the maintenance staff know on Thursday, hey, get the, get the baptistry filled up, get it heated, get it ready, so that way it feels good come Sunday morning for those that, that, are, that are excited and ready to share with their church family and their family and their friends that step of obedience, of being baptized after trusting Jesus as their Savior. So we're looking forward to, after we've kind of looked back a little bit on 2018, we're looking forward to, to some great things that God has in store uh, for our church in 2019. And so if you're, if you're our guest today, uh, I may use some, I'm definitely going to use one term you may not be familiar with, the term all in, and the challenge, uh, the greatest commitment that you've ever made uh, in your walk with Christ, because that's where we as a church family in 2019 are headed and so if you don't have a place of worship and you live here in the area, we'd love to, to ask you and encourage you and invite you to come and be a part of that, that journey with us as God has equipped us this past year uh, for what it is that he's called us specifically to do as individuals, as a church family. And now we're ready, January 1st, 2019, uh, to take that all-in challenge and that commitment together and individually as a church family. And so we'd love to invite you to come back next Sunday. Uh, Pastor Jeff is going to be preaching a series of messages in the month of January on each of the four commitments in the All-In Challenge and each of the four ideas that we have to read God's Word together in 2019, from cover to cover, from Genesis 1 all the way through the end of Revelation, reading it through each month and looking at the different themes in Scripture and talking about it and wrestling with it together as a church family. And then also as we uh, pray for those around us who are lost, using a tool that Jeff's going to provide for us in a message on the second Sunday in January, 
praying concentric circles and what it means to pray and how to pray for those in your immediate family and beyond who don't know Christ as their Savior. And then the third Sunday in January, you're going to hear about and, and, and receive a challenge to participate at least once in 2019 in some way in a mission project, all the way from going a few blocks south of the church to Belshire Apartments and serving at Mission Conroe on a Sunday morning or for one of their special events, all the way to, to coming with or maybe even one of you leading a team to Costa Rica or, or, or Colombia and serving with the Harringtons or the Fleetwoods in those places and doing some international mission work as well as some opportunities of, of different distances and time lengths in between. And so that will be on the third Sunday. And then on the fourth Sunday, Jeff's going to share a, a unique message on, a, on a, a specific commitment to generosity and what it is that God is calling us to do. As Robert stood here and said, Christ gave all for us, so we owe all to him and what that means in a tangible and a spiritual way for our lives. And so I want to invite you, if you're our guest this morning, come back. If you're a part of our church family here, make the commitment to be here uh, each of the four Sundays in January so that you don't miss uh, something that, that God says through Pastor Jeff uh, to us as a church family on each of these challenges. You know, as we, as we get prepared for 2019, I feel like that this time of year, there's kind of two things happening. One, you, you take some time to look back. Maybe you set some goals for 2018 or you, you set some things uh, for you to do, maybe for your health or for your finances or for your family or some goals maybe in your place of employment where you've got a team that you're working with and y'all, y'all had some goals and that last week of the year is a good time to look back on that, but it's also a time to start looking forward. Uh, maybe many of you have started this week, you know, filling in things in a new planner. Uh, I've got a new one that has some, some, some extra pages to write some goals and some different things I want to accomplish each day, each week, each month, and, each, and, and throughout the course of the, the year as a whole. And so I've kind of spent some time the other day writing those things down. And what I call that is, is priming the pump. And, it, and it's like this. I don't know if any of you are like me, and, and I, I enjoy my yard work. Uh, to me, it's kind of therapeutic to, to mow the grass, weed eat, usually it's more weeds than there is grass to cut, you know, get everything cleaned up, looking good, and then at the end of the day, tell Candace, hey, go look how good it looks, you know, and just wait for her to say, oh, it looks so great. And so right now, it doesn't look so great, so if you come by, come by at night and look at the Christmas lights, don't come by during the day and look at all the leaves and everything that's there, but I have a weed eater edger tool and a blower that you have to prime the fuel pump just a little bit. You got to press this little bubble Get the fuel flowing through it just a little bit so that way when you pull the chain, it'll start right and get going. So I think this morning, I want to try to, to prime our pump a little bit. Uh, we had a good crowd at the early service at, at 9 o'clock. A few of them were here a little bit early, had missed the memo about not starting at 8.30 and at 9. You probably, some of you maybe got here for life group and didn't remember that we weren't having life group. And so you got here during the middle of that service. A few even stayed over because I asked them to to watch the baptism. So if you had anybody sitting around you that got up and left... It wasn't that they didn't like the music. They were just invited to stick around and watch those two baptisms. And then I told them that gets you to the lunch about 11 o'clock when the restaurant's open. So hopefully they were here. But you've made it here now. And we're going we're gonna to kind of prime the pump together as a church family of what God has in store for us in 2019. Because I, I am confident that this challenge that's before us, uh, it's printed out on the all-in table. You can go and pick up a sheet after the service if you don't have it. But the first paragraph closes with the sentence that the challenge is before us to make the greatest commitment to Christ as individuals that we've ever made. In other words, to be all-in. And then there are four steps to that process. Reading God's Word through in the year. Praying for the lost. Serving in mission project. 
at least once during the year. And then the greatest commitment to generosity that we've ever made. And so if we're to do that, if you and I, if you and I would say, yes, that is something that I want to do. And there's going to be an opportunity throughout the month of January for each one of you that desire to, to fill out a commitment card and check and say, yes, I am committing to doing each of these things. And we're going to provide all the resources you need to do that. We're going to provide all the opportunities you need, ways to sign up to go on a mission trip or ways to know how to read through the Bible in a year. All of that's going to be provided for you. So you shouldn't have the tools to not be able to accomplish this commitment. But when we stand here, sit here, gather here on December the 29th of 2019, how will we reflect on that Sunday on what God has done over the course of this next year? How are we going to, to be looking back on this all-in commitment? And so a year from now, my prayer and my hope is that, is that we are celebrating kingdom growth in our church and that we're celebrating, even more importantly, kingdom growth in our community. That because what we commit to do as individuals and as a church family, when that begins to happen and you begin to, to build relationships with the people in the community that are lost, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, you begin to build relationships with people that don't know Christ as their Savior, and they see that there's something different about you, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you live your life, and they want that difference, the way you handle difficulty, the way you handle sorrow or loss, or the way you experience joy in the midst of difficult circumstances, or whatever it might be as you're living your life with Christ. My hope and my prayer is that we're celebrating huge, tremendous kingdom growth, that there's story after story that can be told on December 29th of, of people whose, whose marriages uh, were a mess and God restored them through their salvation in Jesus and them putting Jesus first or their, their parenting and their kids are struggling or they're struggling with their finances or they're struggling with their health and they found, found solace and found peace and found rest in the person of Jesus Christ. And we, and we do that and I, I think that we can get there there can be some celebration if each one of us individually makes that commitment. If you take, take the time to look through and, and be a part of each of the next four weeks as Jeff delivers these messages and you say, yes, that, that is something that, that I want to be a part of and I want to do these things. And, and, and every one of you in this room could certainly do that. Every person that was here at nine o'clock could certainly do that. And if we do that individually and fulfill each of those commitments individually, I believe that there can be some celebration. But, but I would also argue this morning that if we do so as a body, if we do so as one, if we do so with a spirit of unity around the person of Jesus Christ and the truth of who he is, that if we do that in a way that Jesus prays for it in John chapter 17, if we do it that way, if we do it with Christ at the center and we do it with a sense of unity and purpose and oneness that Christ prayed for for us, then, then, then I think that we would be blown away and would be speechless about what God did in and through our church and our community a year from now on December 29th, 2019. So we're going to look at Jesus' prayer. What is it that he prayed for? What, what can we learn from that about, about who he is and who God is? And, and then what do we need to do? What do you and I need to do in light of that prayer? And so if you've got your Bibles, you want to turn to John chapter 17. We're going to read verses 20 through 26. While you're turning there, I want to kind of tell you a little bit about what's happening in John chapter 17. We're getting to the end of Jesus' earthly ministry and the end of his earthly life. The time is coming pretty soon where he's going to be given over to be crucified. And so he is spending his last living moments on earth with his closest followers, with his family, 
uh, and then in just a few chapters and a few verses actually after this, going to be given over to die. And so in this prayer, he starts uh, in, in verse 6 by praying for his disciples. And for 13 verses, verses 6 through verse 19 of John chapter 17, Jesus, the, the high priest, the great high priest, as he's described as in Hebrews, who, who goes to the Father on our defense and on our behalf, he is praying on the behalf and for and thanking God for his disciples, the men he spent his closest amount of time with later in his life when he invested and poured into them and discipled them and led them uh, to then lead others in the early church. And he did that for a little over a year and a half of his life before they went out and actually did what he taught them to do. And he went and ministered to them. And so we're at the end of that period of time and he starts praying in verse 20. And he starts praying for you. And he starts praying for me. He starts praying for those of us in the room who are believers. William MacDonald's commentary written in the, in the 1980s on this passage says that you can think about it this way. Every, every believer reading this prayer can say, Jesus prayed for me over 1,900 years ago. So with that thought in your mind, let's read that prayer together. Starting in verse 20 of John chapter 17, Jesus prays, I do not ask for these only, talking about his disciples, his followers, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22, the glory that you have given, and I, you have given me and I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Verse 25 says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now, there's a lot of, of, of meat in this passage. Uh, some of it, if you want to know a little bit about uh, what Jesus is talking about when we would know God in his glory in the latter half of that, you can go back on our website to, to Pastor Jeff's messages on heaven and, and what eternity will be like and spending eternity with the Father and with the Son and what that will be like as we, as believers, are there that day. So we're going to focus on, on two truths in the early half of this prayer. Two things that Jesus says that because something happens, someone, a group of people will know something and what that means for us today. And so as you, as you look back at this prayer, the first truth that we see, starting in verse 21, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. First truth we need to understand this morning is that the oneness of God with Jesus was necessary so that the world would see and believe that God sent his son into the world to save it. The oneness of God with Jesus was necessary so that the world would see and believe that God sent his son into the world to save it. See, a few nights ago when we, we came together as a church family on Christmas Eve and this room was full to capacity and then almost full again for the second hours, we had hundreds of people here. Uh, we came for one thing, uh, to celebrate to recognize, uh, to give praise to God for the birth, the gift of his son, Jesus. 
And the next day on Christmas, we celebrated that. And maybe you as a family read Luke 2, or maybe you gathered together and, and assigned parts and reenacted the nativity. And so you focused your attention and your heart during that Christmas season on the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And for that to happen, we had to understand this truth. And for us to know this, that, that God the Father and God the Son were one. They were so entwined with one another from the very beginning of time. It says from the foundation of the world. That God instilled that in verse 24. My glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. That even before time began. From the very beginning, God the Father, Jesus the Son. They come together here in Jesus on earth in this prayer. And Jesus is thanking God for their opportunity to be one. And for the opportunity he had to show the world who God was. Uh, in the life and the person of Jesus Christ. And so as we celebrate that at Christmas time, as we've come off December the 25th and we move into this new year, let us continue to remember that it was that gift, that baby that came and lived as a boy and grew in, in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man and grew into a young man and taught and ministered and led the disciples all through that process. He was revealing to those around him, not just Jesus the Son, but God the Father. He was revealing to those around them just how much God loves us. And that leads us to the second truth, that you and I are so loved. John 3.16 says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son for us, that whoever believes in his name will be saved. We are so loved. We become one, the second truth from this passage, we become one like the father and son are one so that the world around us knows God loves them the way he loves us. See, for those who are in Christ Jesus, you've experienced God's love for you firsthand. You have deep, intimate knowledge of, of how much God loves you because that has radically changed your life. You know, the testimony of a saved person is that they were dead to sin and they were made alive in Christ. And for someone who doesn't know Christ as their Savior, they may know of God's love, but they've never experienced God's love. They don't know this to be true in verse 23. Where Jesus says, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. You know, seven years ago, a little over seven years ago when Tate was born, I understood the love for a son differently than I had for the previous years of my life. And even though I've known Jesus as my Savior since I was a boy, and even though I've spent a lot of time in church and a lot of time in God's Word, that, that framed differently for me what God's love for us looks like. Uh, because if he loves me as much as he loves his son, and I understand how much I love my son, I, I, I love any of you that have a son, I love those sons, but I don't love them as much as I love my son. And, and yet God loves me, and, and God loves you. And God loves this world as much as he loves his own son. And so with those two truths in mind, and, and the idea that we've, we've, we've celebrated here at Christmas, and then in a few weeks, we'll begin this march towards Easter where we see the completion of what happened on Christmas morning when, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that Word in the person of Jesus Christ would then live a perfect, sinless life. And then He would go to the cross for you and for me. Uh, whether we accept uh, His hand of salvation and His hand of reconciliation and His hand of peace or not, whether we accept that or not, He went to the cross for you and me so that we could know God through that sacrifice that he paid for us. And so with that in mind, and knowing that God loves us so much and desires for us to be a reflection 
of that love for the world around us, what, what are we to do? As we walk into 2019, what are we to do to ensure that we are one, to ensure that this prayer that Jesus prays, that they may become perfectly one, this prayer that Jesus has for you and I that he prayed before we were even born, that this group of people, this body known as First Baptist Church Conroe and the greater church as a whole, that we would be one in the world, that the world around us would see who Jesus is by how we live our lives and how we talk and how we interact and how we respond and sharing the truth and the grace that Jesus is and what he's been to in our lives. How, how are you and I to do this? What, what are you and I to do so that others around us will see that we are one especially in 2019, as we as a church family go all in together. I think there's three things that you and I can do. Two of them, you're like, duh, Alan, why, why, why are you saying these things? But the third one, we want to spend a little more time on those. The first one is this, spend time with God. We have to have that oneness with the Father, that connection with the Father that Jesus had. Multiple times throughout his ministry, he withdrew to pray as a young boy, we have record that he went into the temple and studied God's word and wrestled with it, uh, with the religious leaders. And so the, the things that you and I can do each day to model after the life of Jesus Christ by, by reading his word. Uh, there's a, a piece of paper out there with uh, dozens of, of little boxes to check, to check off and, and read through. If you, you check off each one of those and you've read all of those, by the end of the year, you'll have read the whole Bible. It's part of the, the all-in table that's out there. And as you read his word and wrestle with with truth and, and, and ask questions and ask God to, to, to speak to you through the reading of his word as you spend time with him, not just reading his word, but talking to him. And not just talking to him, but listening and listening for God's response and what it is that he would have you do in light of what his word says. Maybe it's something that you need to add to your life, something you need to do more of. Maybe it's something you need to take from your life and, and, and surrender to him and give God control of an area of your life as you see in scripture more of God's character and more of who Jesus is and what we're supposed to be like. But don't worry just about, don't focus just on the quantity. You know, I've got the, the sheet tucked away right here and, and many times, you know, you've got a, a checklist of things to do and you're gonna start in January and on January 1st, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna probably wake up late. You're gonna have a little extra time. Maybe you're off work and those that are in school are obviously out of school and you're like, okay, that'll be, that'll be easy to read Matthew 1. 1 through 17, and Acts 1, 1 through 11, and Psalm chapter 1, and Genesis chapters 1 and 2. That'll be easy to check off that box. And maybe for three or four days, it'll, it'll go great. And then, you know, back to school, back to work, all those things start happening. It gets harder. But don't worry just about the quantity. Don't worry just about the time you spend and how much you spend, but worry about the quality of time you spend with God. Undivided attention where you're still and quiet and listening to his voice and what it is that he has to say to you directly about something going on in your life or something you've picked up from his word. And the second thing we can do is spend time with each other. Sunday mornings, we have life groups at 945. We're on our normal schedule, 830 and 11 o'clock services. Uh, 830 has our choir and our orchestra, more traditional feel. 11 o'clock is a more modern, relaxed feel with a band and worship team leading us. And then in between, all ages, birth to our oldest attendee, have life group all across our campus. And in those life groups, you can spend time in fellowship, learning God's word together. Many of our life groups get together uh, after church for lunch or on the weekends and be a part of that. And so if, you, if you'd like to be a part of one of those, whether you're a member here and you've never attended a life group or you're visiting today and you want to come back next Sunday and be a part of that, that's one way that you can spend time with one another. But another way is this. 
you know, on that third Sunday of January when Pastor Jeff is talking about serving in missions, you'll have an opportunity to sign up for some different projects to be a part of. And maybe you, you, you sit in the same place on Sunday morning in, in whichever service you attend and you've gotten to know the people that sit around you. Maybe one Sunday y'all want to go serve it at Mission Conroe. Or y'all want to be the team that goes to Costa Rica together. Or y'all want to be the team that, that joins with our student ministry and, and goes and does a project in New Orleans this summer or signs up for one of the trips. And y'all just take some time uh, to serve together. There's something that, that strengthens that bond when we, when we gather together around the name of Jesus and serve those outside of the church together in the name of Jesus. And then when you do that, whether it's through life group or serving together or just you've got friends that are a part of the church, they're a generation or more older or younger than you and y'all have developed friendships and you're spending time with one another and strengthening that, that oneness and that unity that we have, encourage one another and keep each other accountable. Have you, have you read your Bible this week? Are, are, you, are, you, are, are, you in, are you in Romans with me now? Are you in, are you, have you made it to Revelation when we get to December and the end of the year? You know, help keep one another accountable to that. And then the third thing and the theme for the day, pray, pray for this, pray for unity. Pray for oneness. Pray this prayer that Jesus prayed for you. Pray and ask God that he would, in your own life and in the church as a whole, that he would instill a sense of oneness and unity. Not just that we're marching arm in arm out into Conroe and we're this, this big body of 800, 900, whatever people total that we have here attending a given, a given Sunday throughout the, the month. And, and we go out into Conroe and we show up in force and we do things, but that we have this spirit of, of of, of this moral oneness, that, that there's something different about this body and there's something different about this people. And that when we go out into the community and we're at a, a local school or we're in a neighborhood that we've adopted or we're at Conroe Tower and we're doing something for, for the city of Conroe as we focus on these different local initiatives over this year and the years to come, as we do those things, people around us, whether they go to a different church or don't go at all, they'd say, there's something different about First Baptist Conroe and these people from there. There's something different about them. You know, I think it'd be okay if they think we're a little bit weird, uh, but in a good, healthy way where we do the things that God has called us to do and we do so in a loving, obedient, faithful way and we do so with this sense of oneness because we've prayed for it. Pray for yourself. Pray for those in our church to remain unified around God's vision for our church, to be disciple makers, that we would pray for that, not just today, not just make this today's message and then be done with it, but that we would pray that for 2019. That as we are all in individually and we be all in together, that we be one around that. But also pray against Satan attacking that unity. See, I think there'd be nothing more than for us as individuals and as a church family to make this commitment to go all in and Satan to come in and make us silos and make us individuals and, and not allow us to work together. And he most certainly will do that because I'm confident uh, that, that God wants to do and is already doing and stirring some incredible things in our church family. Now, several of you have commented as much to me, had, had coffee with a church member a couple of weeks ago, and he, he, he mentioned to me just the great things that he's seeing happening. Talk specifically about the student ministry and some things that are happening there and some things that God is doing that he thinks are going to spill over into the church. And as that spills over into the church and in the community, and, and I fully agree with him and want each one of you to be a part of what God is doing in our community. But I think that Satan would love nothing more than to wreck that and destroy that because he knows that as God's kingdom continues to grow, he continues to lose. 
And he knows his, his time is limited here. And so he's going to make the most of it. So we need to pray against that. See, I feel that if we, if we each go in, go all in individually, we'll see some impact. There's some things that each one of you can do for the kingdom that would be great on your own, in your own walk with Christ. But if we are all in as one body with the purpose of achieving the vision that God has set before us, I, I don't think there's any limit to what God can do in and through First Baptist Conroe. I think Conroe, Texas can be a different place. I think Montgomery County can be a different place. I think New Orleans, Louisiana can be a different place. I think Columbia and the Sierra Nevada Mountains and Northern Columbia can be a different place. I think San Jose, Costa Rica and beyond can be a different place because of small pieces that we play in those bigger efforts of what God is doing because God can do something through us when we're unified that, that we would never believe and we'd never be able to speak of or dream of on our own. This past weekend or two weekends ago, I don't know if you, you did this, but I, I had some time off and I spent an unhealthy amount of time watching high school football. Uh, Texas puts all of their state championship games on TV. Uh, the six-man games were on Wednesday. Uh, they streamed those online. One game was 100 to 70. Uh, a high school football game is, is, is incredible to watch that. But in the, the smallest 11-man division in the state, uh, Class 2A, so some of the smallest schools in the state, there's a school uh, in, in the Concho Valley, the Mason Punchers. They have one of the best mascot names in, in all of high school football, the Punchers, the Mason Punchers. 2018 uh, 2A Division I state champions. They were 16-0. and uh, They scored 44 points a game throughout the season and only gave up 6.8 points a game. They beat their district opponents. I don't know how many teams were in their district, but they beat them by a combined score of 257-20. to 20. 20 points given up in all their district games. Uh, they had played Refurio three years in a row in the state playoffs and lost all three years. They'd run into the same team and lost, and they finally beat them 28-14 to this year, one of their closest games of the season. They played a team, uh, New Deal High School, was 15-0 coming into the state championship game, and they beat them 44-6. to State championship game, two best teams in the state in their division, and they won by 38 points. They won by their average margin of victory for the year. And after the game was over, they were interviewing an offensive lineman on the team, one of the high school boys on the Mason Punchers, and he, he was asked the question, you know, what, what, what was special about y'all? What made y'all so good? And he said it was our unity. It was, it was what we did in the summer when we didn't have to go work out, and we all went to work out together as a team. We were all in the weight room together. We'd show up early for practice. We'd stay late and watch film. We'd have dinner together at a different player's house each week. And a different team mom would cook that dinner. I can't imagine. Now, they're not a huge school, but they had a pretty good-sized football team. I can't imagine how much food you'd have to make for a high school football team every week. Teenage boys. I mean, it's not, it's, it, that doesn't sound easy. And one mom would rotate. They would go to the next house the next week and all that. And so th this, this idea, of this, this, this unity that, that made the Mason Punchers so good, the collection of talent they had was good, especially for their division. It was incredible. They beat, I think I read in the article about their, their team at the end of the season, they beat one team that was a one uh, division higher that was ranked in the top 10 in the state in the next division up. So a little bit larger school. And they beat them. It was one of their other, their second closest game of the season. But that collection of, of talent and unity made them greater than any other team in their division. And, and I would say that that unity made them pound for pound and man for man uh, because of a smaller school and smaller size and smaller pool of people to draw from, I think it made them the best team in the state. I mean, there's not many teams that can say they went 16-0, and beat their district opponents 257-20, to and outscored this, an undefeated state championship qualifier by 38 points. I say all that to say this, that 
that post-game interview was pretty powerful, a pretty powerful testimony to, to what unity can do. And so I just wonder when it's, it's our post-game interview on, on December the 29th, 2019, and, and, and maybe there's a celebration happening. Maybe there's not. I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I hope it, it looks and sounds like that, 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 that you, when you're asked, what did God do in your life and your church in 2019? You've got story after story of celebration to share. As a staff, we've got story after story of celebration and kingdom growth and life change to share. And we can look back and say, you know, yeah, I got to be a part of this trip or I got to be a part of this ministry or this initiative or I read God's word all the way through. But the thing that held it together was the oneness we had with our heavenly father and the oneness we had with one another. And so I'd like to ask you as we close our service today, if you would join me in praying for that right now and that you would join me in praying for that not only today, Uh, but in the days and weeks in the year ahead.